had the opportunity to be up here. We, we've talked about uh, how God has taken care of us in various different uh, instances there in the Old Testament. And then last week we talked about how God has saved us, safe in his uh, blood work and not anything to do with our flesh. And our flesh is the enemy of our Christianity, and it has to be uh, counted as dead on a moment-by-moment -moment basis because, uh, as we saw there in Galatians, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Well, so what is this deal about the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit and the spirit against the flesh? Well, <clears throat> in order for us to walk in a manner that pleases God, well, we need to get in God's word and learn what God's expectations are about that. God has not been uh, silent about his expectations of his children, of his people, which that would be us who have rested in the blood work of Jesus Christ, is God's people. And uh, God, you know, there's one thing uh, God is going to say uh, to us all, and, uh, and he will absolutely be one. Of course, anything he says is 100% right. But uh, when he tells us that we will, be without we will be without excuse, when he says, you know, I wrote every bit of my word down. And this is this book right here. This is the word. It's not a word of God. It is the word of God. It took about 4,000, and I would say 65 years. The 65 being, uh, you know, the time of Christ and the apostles. And after that, the manuscripts were delivered. God has given his, has delivered his word. And down through the ages, you know, we've had the printing press come along and God's uh, word was gathered up in, from the original manuscripts, and King James ordered that the Bible be translated into English. And uh, so we were able to read God's word. And boy, what a blessing that has been. But from that word, we see from God's word that God has expectations of his people. Let's look at 1 Corinthians tonight. We'll start with 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. And uh, we'll start with 21st verse. And uh, God has written his expectations down for us to learn so that we can draw on that knowledge. In other words, uh, God doesn't want us to just make up stuff that God wants us to do. He's written it all down. Absolutely, he's written it 100% down. And so... We go here in 1 Corinthians, and he tells us from his word, For you see your calling, brethren. Verse 26, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised have God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Now, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, that is absolutely a very solid basic tenet of 
God's position as far as the flesh is concerned. It absolutely is not to be glorified. Uh, and certainly in his presence. Uh, the flesh is the enemy of Christianity. Has always been and always will be. Even our flesh. And uh, uh, it's like Brother Tim and I were talking a while ago before the service started. And you want to see a good example of that? Remember when Jesus told the apostles there in the garden before he was for the, they came and, and took him away to be crucified. And he told them, he said, before this night ends, you will all have departed, have, have uh, left me and uh, deserted me. And Peter emphatically said, I don't know about these other guys, but there's no way I'm going to do that. Well, as we all know, he did it. And see, Peter wept. The scripture says Peter wept bitterly over that. But the thing is, that's the flesh, you know, the spirit. And, and then when Jesus was there praying in, in the garden that very same night, and he wanted the apostles to, to come with him and pray, and uh, they all fell asleep. And Jesus said, uh, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is not. And uh, so you, you see our flesh gets in the way of Christianity. It does. And... Uh, uh, and, and, you know, and I know, I, and I'm not going to re-preach last Sunday night, but uh, the thing is, it's, it's just very disturbing when you see whole millions of people that are just led down the pathway of come over here to this church and we're going to teach you how you're going to please God enough in your flesh so you can go to heaven. That's never going to happen. You're never going to go to heaven based on what the deeds of what you uh, might do in your flesh. Your flesh, that, that's just absolutely contrary to what God teaches. It is the enemy of God. And that's why he says that no flesh should glory in his presence. And uh, he means it. Now, verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Let him glory in the Lord. Not in anything that we have done. Not anything that we think we might have done. Never be deluded in the, in the thinking that somehow or another you're going to be able to please God enough that he's going to usher you into heaven based on what you've done in the flesh. And we all know, as Baptists, we all know that it is the blood work of Jesus Christ there on that cross that paid the price for all our sins. And our sins have been remitted. They're gone. They're, 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 done, they're done as far as salvation is concerned. And there's, there's not one question. What think ye of Jesus? Is he your Savior or not? Now, and, and going on here with this same, remember these chapters were put in here by the interpreters. This was all one letter written to the church at Corinth. And he says, Our brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, and see, now Paul's writing this. You have to remember, Paul was a highly educated man and a very intelligent man. But uh, he could have done these things, but he didn't. He, God had taught him that uh, the truth, that the making difference, how educated he was, or uh, mankind, <clears throat> no, it it's, it's regardless how, how intelligent he might be, he's nothing up beside, you know, God the Father. And so Paul know, knew this, and so he pointed out. He said, I didn't come with you with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined 
not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, the thing is, if you're here tonight and you're looking for a church and perhaps you live somewhere else and, and uh, or if you happen to get transferred, I don't want any of our people to, to move away. We love all of you. But if, if that happens, you make sure that you go looking for a church that preaches the word. Not, not, not some church that has some, 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 quote, dynamic speaker or this or that. No, no. That every time that preacher gets in the, in, in, in the pulpit, preaches God's word. That's the kind of church you want to go to. Uh, not, not something that's standing in the, in, in the strength of the flesh. It's God's word. And so he says, <clears throat> and, 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 and in verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. But in the power, that your faith, that your faith stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, when they told me I had this disease, and, you know, nobody wants to hear something like that. But, you know, at some point I just said myself, I said, I'm just going to start talking to God about this. And set out to do it and did it day after day after day, year after year. And you know what? Uh, at some point, God decided, I'm going to answer that faithful prayer, that request. He did. And see, that's the power of God. The doctors couldn't, do, couldn't take that away, but God did. God did it. Now, now but look at verse 9 here. This, just, just, and, and you know, when uh, I thought about this, you know, and, and you thought about, you know, okay, God's got expectations of us, and he does. Uh, but you know what? We have a flesh. We saw that in Galatians last Sunday night. It says the flesh lusts against the spirit. It doesn't, okay, you've been saved and all of a sudden your flesh somehow or another gets some sort of uh, transformation. And you know what? Just today, I saw a person had a license plate that said rebirth. And I thought to myself, that's not it, my friend. It's not a rebirth. It's a new birth. When a person's saved, they're not reborn. See, that's what Nicodemus asked Jesus. But Jesus told him, I'm not talking to you about flesh. Jesus was so clear about that. These things I'm talking to you, not anything to do with the flesh. They're spiritual. And so when a person's saved, he is spiritually alive. And you say, well, what about the flesh? Well, it stays the same. It's still the enemy of God. And... Um, you know, that's why the scripture teaches that when Jesus comes back to take us home, the scripture says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to, all the ones that are still here, <clears throat> we're going to be changed in an instant, instantaneously changed. Well, you said, well, what's, what, what do you mean? Well, see, this flesh can't go to heaven. We, we saw that and go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. Over in, I think, verse 55. Uh, corruption cannot 
inherit incorruption. We have to be changed in this flesh. <clears throat> and we're going to go to heaven as brand new individuals. Brand new. Have a brand new body. Just like, <clears throat> you know, when Thomas saw Jesus, he didn't recognize him. He, he, he said, I, I'm not going to recognize this as Jesus unless I can see the scars. Well, why didn't he recognize him? He had his new body. Now, Jesus didn't have a corrupt body, but he had that new body. He had to have. How come? Otherwise, why didn't Thomas recognize him? He had his brand new body, just like we're going to have. You see, Jesus is the first fruits of them that follow. Amen. That's exactly, and we're going to go right through that same process. And so, <clears throat> now, but listen, look at this, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's, that's here, that's now, and that's in the future. And I, I, I'm 76 years old. I can absolutely tell you that God has already done those things in my life far and away and beyond anything I would ever, ever thought about possible. But you know what? He ain't through. He's not through. My friend, when we get to heaven, we're going to look around and go, oh, my goodness, look at this. It's going to be wonderful. Just like that song we just said, you know, when is our time of rest going to come when we can lay this burden down and be there with the Lord and be in peace with the Lord. But this is the promise from God. And so the thing is, is you know, as, as we go through life and we have our struggles and our difficulties and our disappointments and, and sicknesses and illnesses and all of these kind of things, and, and uh, I mean, if you look at it, you look at this, this, this life that, that, that Satan gave us. You know, God created us in perfection, and Satan come along and lied and said, you're going to be like God's. Come over and don't do what God said. Come over and do what God told you not to do, because that way you'll be like a God. That's what he told you. Any of y'all feel like a God lately? I don't. Well, see, he lied. You live 70, 80, 90 years, and you die. After you go through all of that, and then boom, you die. Well, you think, well, you go through all of that, and you graduate. Well, you don't. Well, you die. But as a Christian, you get to overcome all that through the blood of Christ. Not through what we've done, but through what he's done. And you can tap into this. Tap into this that what God has said. And, and so as we go through this life and all the difficulties and all the trials and all the disappointments, well, we can have things from God and through God that will overcome that. But you, we just absolutely have to learn to lean on those everlasting arms. And it's difficult. It's difficult. I, I have to tell you, absolutely it's difficult. Don't you remember Elijah, <clears throat> you know, when He'd kill all those priests and all that, and he took off and, 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 and was sitting down and feeling sorry for himself, and he told God, I just want to die. There's nobody else here. And God told him, that's not true, Elijah. You know, there's 7,000 people that still have not bent the knee to Baal. And uh, so, see, but you, you said, what's, the point is, even Elijah got discouraged. Well, I mean, Elijah saw great, wonderful things God had done. And, and so have we. And so have we, but, but we get discouraged, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with getting discouraged. There's just a lot wrong with staying discouraged. 
and there's a lot wrong with getting up in the morning and saying, I'm not going to do anything. I'm tired. I'm, not, I'm, I'm tired of fighting. No, no, no. You don't ever quit. You continue to put one foot in front of the other, and God will be there with you. He'll see you through it. You will get to the other side. Now, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which men's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now this is reason why... As God's children, we don't let these things get us down. We don't. We absolutely set our jaw like a fence, and we just absolutely say, I'm going to stick with Jesus. I, you know, if somebody kills me, that's when I quit. But outside of that, I'm not. Now, the natural man can try that kind of stuff, but he's just going to do it in, in the strength of the spirit, in, in the strength of his flesh. But we as God's children can lean on the everlasting arms. We can call upon him. but And you know what? God will hear you. He does hear. And he has mercy on us. Now, now you know, the thing is, none of us think we need trials and tribulations. We think, Lord, I, I don't need all that. I got it down. Well, listen. The Lord knows exactly what we need. And he's only going to give enough to us that will make us better. But the natural man, you've you, you got to feel sorry for them because they're just simply on their own. They are. They're on their own. But look at this, verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Neither can. I want to show you something. Go to Hebrews chapter 4 for just a second. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. It is so important that we know this. It's so important that we learn how to get up every morning and put one foot in front of the other and know from God's word that not only is there promises from God, there is somebody that is actively working on your behalf every time your heart beats. And, and certainly when you bow the knee and you call upon him and... And uh, whether you're uh, happy, whether you're sad, or whether you're desperate, or whether you uh, just want to celebrate, but you, you need to realize this. Look at this. Chapter 4, Hebrews, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Have you ever had the thoughts about, I wish Jesus was here so I could talk to him? Well, you can't talk to him. You absolutely can't. Just get in your prayer closet and start talking to him. Pull over the side of the road and start talking to him. Are you talking to him while you're driving down the road? He is your elder brother. He is your intermediator between you and the Father. And you can go to him. And you can pour out your heart to him. And it says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of infirmity. I cannot tell you how 
wonderful. That scripture appeared. When I first saw that scripture, I like a jumped out of my skin. My goodness. Jesus knows exactly how I feel. I don't have to describe it to him. I don't. If I'm feeling fearful, if I'm feeling threatened, if I'm feeling uh, uh, sad or what, he, he knows. He knows. He knows. And you don't have to go some big, long, lengthy, hoping I can get it over across to him that he understands exactly how I feel. He does. This is a promise from God's word that he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted just like we are, yet without sin. You see, Jesus is not only our Savior, he's our elder brother. He walked this pathway, and boy, he walked a tough one too. That, that, that road to the cross was rough. But the thing is, he came out of that grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, empowered majesty and knowledge and wisdom. And I might add kindness and mercy and grace for us. Now, let us, therefore, come boldly. Don't you like that word boldly right there in that? Here you are. You really got something on your mind that's really about to just eat you up. You know, maybe you got bills to pay. Maybe you got a loved one that's sick and you want to be able to help them and get them the medicine and this. Or, you got situations that require uh, desperate action. And there are people that are looking to you to, do, to provide that action. And so he says, come boldly before him. Because remember, he says, I'm going to know exactly how you feel. Well, uh, you know, the question is, is, do you think he's bringing us in there to just sit there and listen to us like a, uh, uh, like a stump? Absolutely not. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows that. And for a reason, he wants us to come quickly and boldly before him to the throne of grace. Grace, what's grace? when God gives us what we don't deserve. You're saying, it's amazing how perfect God's word is. I said it Sunday night, and I'm going to say it again. You can't find a better book to read in the Bible. Grace. See, Satan will say, yeah, that's all fine, Danny, but look what you've done. Look how you've been and this and that and all. Listen, just, just, just shut Satan off. Because God's not looking to give us what we deserve. If he gave any of us what we deserve, we'd be dead. So this is not about what we deserve or what we've earned. Listen, our relationship with God is not about what we've earned. It's about what we have professed. If you have professed that you believe that Jesus has paid the price for your sins... That makes you a child of God. That makes you a brother of Jesus Christ. That makes you eligible to do just this. Come boldly before the throne of grace and mercy. Grace, the seat of grace where God has said he will give you what you don't deserve. That we may obtain mercy. There's that other word. What's that? 
That's when, that's when God doesn't give us what we deserve. We deserve death. He doesn't give it to us. You see? You see how God, you see how God has set this up? I know one thing. I wouldn't want to have a bunch of employees that that's how I paid them. <laughs> I'd go broke. But see, God is infinite. And boy, there's one thing for sure. He is filled with grace and mercy. And he wants us to live a life that exercises these things. Because see, when you go through difficulties, when you go through them, not hear about them, when you go through those, you get down there and you plow through that and you fight through that and you claw through that and you crawl through that and you jump through that and struggle through that. You get on the other side, you know it then. You know it. And you don't have any trouble about telling somebody about it or telling another younger brother or sister in Christ about you get in there and you trust and you lean on those everlasting arms because he's there. He'll be there for you. He is there for you. You can depend on that. Dependability. Do you think Jesus is dependable? Of course he is. And then look what he says. Do you think you're going to find some great big sheet of accusations against you? Yeah, I hear all that. I understand all that stuff you want, but you know what? You, you, you know, you've done this and that, and you've said this, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and all you do is give me a bunch of hungamagonas. And I had a guy one time tell me, <clears throat> I was over at a market. I used to, uh, you know, when we were in the, just the carpet business, we used to go to these show these markets where the manufacturers all gathered together. And I was talking to this one particular national sales manager, and he says, you know, John, he says, I, I, I get around the people from the Northeast, and they give me all these I'm a fixings, or I'm a gonas. And then I get around you guys in the South, you give me all these I'm a fixings. But, you know, the thing is, we don't get that out of God. Look what he says. Find grace. What, remember what grace is? When he gives us what we don't deserve. You're going to find that. You think God's lying? Now, what's that grace for? Is it a, a feel-good? Is it a warm fuzzy? You know, when you really need help, you don't need warm fuzzies. You need help. Well, find grace to help in time of need. See, God's not ignorant about our needs and about our struggles. And, and about what things that happened to us. He, he knows exactly. That's why he put all this down. You know, the thing is, do we? Do we know? Do we know the, 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 the dynamics of the Christian walk? That's what this is all about. That's why he's written this all down. To learn the, the dynamics of the Christian walk. And, and to be able to sit down and tell someone that's just starting to go through it and to learn it. And, uh, and so you say, but, you know, I, 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 listen, the thing is, is we need to get on with, we need to get on with <clears throat> drawing near unto God in the knowledge of the word of God. And just like it says in Ephesians, and putting on the armor, the armor, which is the word of God, that, that might deflect the, the arrows of Satan 
in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And you say, well, wh what's the dynamics of that? That all sounds great, but well, let me just give you the dynamics of it. Remember we talked about the flesh us against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh? Well, so how do we let the spirit war against the flesh? Here, here it is. Right here. This is how we start. start get, what? Our brethren could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal. See, he's talking to Christians that have not gotten, as in a colloquial way of saying, gotten with the program. They're still sitting over on square one, on first base. God wants us to grow in his word. To grow in his word. Let me show you something, and, and I'm going to jump ahead on just a second. Uh, in Philippians, you don't have to turn on this. Let me read this. <clears throat> Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, and if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And you see, in those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, the God of peace shall be with you. It is that, it is those dynamics that we get with this. Not sitting over here wandering around in carnality. Carnality is the enemy of being able to receive the pure, unadulterated blessings of God just poured out. And Satan would have you to doubt God, and, and that's, that's what the, the, the scriptures here in, in, in Corinthians, he said, look, he said there in verse 3, for you're yet carnal, whereas there's among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For one saith, I'm a Paul, and this is in the church. And I'm a Paulus, are you not carnal? And he says, who is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believe? Even as God, even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. For there is neither he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And he says, now he that planteth and he that watereth the one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Now, <clears throat> let every man, verse 10, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundations, and another buildeth thereupon. But let every man take heed how he build upon this foundation. And verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We are saved in Jesus Christ. We're established as a child of God in Jesus Christ. But it's our job to start walking as children of the King. Leaving aside all envy and strife and, and bitterness and ugliness, and backbiting, and whispering, and gossiping. Because, listen, he said, verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, now here's the spiritual, gold, silver, and precious stones. That's walking spiritually. But look at this other part. 
wood, hay, and stubble. What do you think? That, that's, that's carnality. Every man's work shall be made known, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, <clears throat> there's a lot of doctrine in that scripture right there. Not the least of which <clears throat> is there are going to be people in heaven that don't get any reward. Do you realize that? That's what that says. That's what he says. Uh, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. I don't understand what the religious good people, gooders do with that scripture. All our work's going to be burned up. Every bit of it. If, you know, a Christian only just lives a life of carnality. But he says, and everything he's done is going to be burned up. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, know you not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in me. Now, in you, Spirit of God, you're the temple of God. Now, you say, well, what's this all about? The, the dynamics of the Christian walk is all wrapped up in this right here. This, 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 this the, the basics of this. It's really so important to realize that as Christians, we walk every day. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you want to call on God just like what we read over in Hebrews? Well, live before in your mind as before God. Leaning on God, talking to God, putting yourself in front of God every step of the way. Now, look what he says. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You realize what that just said? You go out here long enough in filth and sin, God's going to take your life, Christian. You can shorten your life real fast. Just get out here and start wallowing around and, 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 and seeing. We don't have that latitude to do that. We don't. We're running out of time. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we'll, we'll wrap this up right here. Let's go to uh, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you see, you go to Romans chapter 4, and you see that the righteousness of Jesus Christ is imputed to God's children who have professed Jesus Christ as their Savior. He is our righteousness. He is. Now, you want to walk in a manner that God feels comfortable and blessing you and, and, and giving you those things and you go before the throne of grace to find help in time of need, well, get yourself shed of carnality. Now, what you're about to see here is all the things that God does not want to see in his children. Now, this is a description of those that's going to just go to hell. But the thing is, and I want you to know here, and he's talking to Christians here. 
He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to Christians here. And we're going to see that when we finish up in this chapter. But I want you to know here, these things, these scriptures that's been, that he's going to lay out, these are things that Christians can be doing. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, set apart, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now, but as we know, the flesh does not change. We still have propensity to go off out here and do this kind of stuff. And I just showed you in God's Word that if you try to get off into this stuff and stay there, God's going to take your life and take you home. But the thing is, we don't want to do that. We want to live a life of blessing and a champion and a victory and enjoy. And being able to stand before people and say, God blesses his children, and he does. And, and what I'm trying to do is, is, is give you the door to how you, of how to receive those blessings day after day after day by being faithful soldiers of the cross. And, and every time we do something that's carnal, that's ugly, that's unclean, immediately confess it to God. Immediately get it, get it put away. And so look what he says. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now look what he says. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Well, there it is. See, because you go out here and maybe you slip and you do something. or Maybe you slip and you say something you shouldn't have said. Or you slip and you do something you shouldn't have done. Well, that doesn't make you, you're not going to hell. That's what he just said. All things are lawful for me, but they're not expedient. They're not what I ought to be doing. And so I shouldn't be doing it. But I want you to know from God's word, you're not going to hell. Confess it, and it's taken care of. Jesus' blood's taken care of that. So for, so for these people that, you know, I remember it wasn't too long after I'd graduated from high school and went out here and started learning how to lay carpet and stuff, and I was sitting there with several of us people sitting around here that lay carpet and stuff and waiting to get loaded out and and I heard one of these guys talking. He said, yeah, old Charlie, he lost his religion. And I said, he did what? He said, yeah, he lost his religion. He, he did this and did that. And then, and, and then I, I, I gathered what he was saying. So in his mind, because Charlie did this and did that, or whatever, he's going to hell now. And that was their way of saying that. And uh, I thought to myself, of course, I was 18 years old, and I didn't really know how exactly how to come back at that, but uh, I could see that he was in one of these works religions. And uh, we don't lose our life because we, our flesh got the best of us. And that's what he just said. All things are lawful for me, but they're not expedient. And, and you see how perfect God's word is? It doesn't ever contradict itself. Now, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. Verse 13. But God shall <clears throat> destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. 
Now, this is the dynamics that we want to walk in. Leave all that old garbage, of, of, uh, get rid of it. It doesn't matter what your flesh wants. It only matters what God wants. Remember, every, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. You're not ever going to receive anything good out of Satan. Just like Brother Stone says, sin or Satan will keep you longer than you want to, cost you more than you want to spend, and you'll regret it for a very long time. Don't go there. Now, I didn't, I didn't quote all of it. I forgot all, some of it. But nevertheless, you know what I'm saying. All, now, so now, <clears throat> verse 14. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. You see, he's talking to Christians. And remember what we started talking about up here in verse 9? Be not deceived, neither fornicated, and all that kind of stuff. And, he's, he's, and he wants us to stay with all that garbage. That stuff, yeah, it's, it's, we can get off into all that, but we shouldn't do that. And it's, it's not expedient to be in all that mess. Stay away from that garbage. Get over here and walk in the, in, 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 in the victorious highway. Oh, remember your other brother is Jesus. He's just not some distant relative. He's your brother. He died for you. And he's already said, I know exactly how you're feeling. All you got to do is come to me. All you got to do is come to me. No, you're not. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know you not that that which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Isn't it far better to be joined to, with the Lord? You know, isn't it, isn't it sad and pitiful to see Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And, and they, it's like they're stuck on stupid forever. You know, just, you don't, you know, you, you pause your TV now and to, to go over and get you a glass of tea or something before you get back over there. They got some kind of non-garbage on there and you, you can't wait to get it up. And say, they're stuck on sex, they're stuck on sex, they're stuck on sex. That's all they got. What, is, what does the Lord have? Joy, peace, victory, blessings. More than the eye has ever seen and the ear has ever heard. God is able to do more than you can ask or think. That's the truth. That's the truth. I can, I can personally attest to that. That is absolutely the truth. Let's be joined with the Lord every minute. Flee fornication. Don't walk away from this garbage. Run from it. That's, it's defeat. It's misery. It's wallowing in a pit of garbage. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Now, wrapping this up, listen to this. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. What you have of God, and you're not your own. 
You don't get to do what you think feels good. We're not on. And you know the wonderful thing about this? You can trust Jesus Christ. Who else are you going to find going to die for you? Who else is going to find that's going to die for you, that's going to go in the grave for you, that's going to come out of that grave for you, that's going to sit at the right hand of God that holds all those planets and, and all these pointy-head scientists look out there and they, and they look at it. The planets are floating in a vacuum. What's holding them there? You know what they come up with? Some kind of gray energy. Yeah, gray energy, all right. It's a hand of God. And you know, they took this giant, that new big new telescope that they just put up there, not the Hubble, but the one beyond that. And they pointed it towards outer space that was just total darkness. And they let it sit there for like three weeks. And you know what they saw? Billions and billions and billions of more stars and galaxies and far and away and beyond anything that, that, that the eye could see. That's our Heavenly Father. Why in the world would you not want to be able to go to Him and ask Him to help you be able to buy a piece of bread for your kids, to pay your rent, to pay your mortgage? If He can do that, do you think He can do that for you? Of course He can. So, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Which you have of God. But you're not your own. You belong to that mighty God. For you're bought with a price. Therefore, wrapping this up, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, how does this go? Father, I have not lived a life that I should have. I have walked in ignorance. I didn't quite call to memory this knowledge, but I am now. I'm not my own I'm yours. I want you to forgive me, to enable me to live a life that will, of course, be able to provide for my family, for myself, but most importantly, to honor you and to glorify you. I can't do that, Father. I can't do that if I'm broken if I'm cast out of my house because I couldn't pay the rent or I'm walking and I don't have a car. But I'm not asking you to give me a, some fancy car. I'm just asking you to be able to give me transportation so I can go to work, so I can pay my bills, so I can get on with living a life that glorifies you. Now, you know, we're evil, and that makes sense to us. How do you think it makes sense to God? It makes a lot of sense to God. Because remember, he said that God has remembered 
our frame and that it is dust. So as he hears that kind of prayer, and it's a prayer of sincerity, that you sincerely want to get on with being a child of the king and walking like a child of the king and getting out here and walking as a soldier of the cross and leaving off all this old garbage, this old filthy, corrupt flesh is constantly dredging up. And you know, you want to uh, sometimes it, it, it makes you sick, doesn't it? But you know what? We have a heavenly Father. All we have to do is confess those sins. And if somebody was to ask him about those sins the next second, you know what he'd say? What sins? Because he said he has cast our sins as far as the east is, for the, is away from the west. They're gone. They're gone. Satan reminds you of it, but uh, you need to learn real fast about this dynamic. You better learn this one thing real fast. Tell Satan to get lost. He's a liar. God loves you. He'll forgive you. If you won't get on with, it, get on with your Christian program, he's all for you. That's all you got to do is just get after it. Let's stand. We'll have a word of prayer and be dismissed. Thank you all for listening to me.